Hello, Husky fans. This is Max Cerullo, and you are listening to another episode of Yes, UConn, the podcast where we dive deep into the greatest UConn basketball games ever played. And uh, right now, we're going to try our best to dive deep into the, the lack of games being played because uh, UConn has been on hiatus for about a week and a half now, and there's frankly not a lot going on. Um, but we're going to try to keep a you know, look ahead now that we do have a, some some news with the program. Uh, UConn and the Big East uh, announced their full schedule. Uh, their full conference schedule for the season. Um, it remains to be seen whether the uh, schedule as it's uh, presented is worth the pixels that it's posted on. But either way, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And uh, joining me today is Danny Barletta, the sports editor for the Daily Campus, uh, you know, and the, one of the current UConn men's basketball beat writers. And uh, we're just going to talk about UConn basketball. Uh, Danny, how's it going? It's pretty good, Mac. Uh, thanks for having me on. I uh, always, always love to talk UConn hoops, so... Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, big fan of your work. And obviously, uh, you know, you're sort of li- living, you know, talking to you, I feel nostalgic. I was in your shoes 10 years ago. So it's a, you know, it's obviously quite a, quite a, it's quite a time to be at UConn. How, how have you, uh, we just talked a moment ago off the, before we started recording, but how, how has it been going, uh, you know, trying to cover the team as a student and uh, the pandemic this year? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been different, you know, um, you know, the last three years working at the Daily Campus, been working toward, you know, being the sports editor. And I finally get, you know, the the best job I think there is uh, at UConn. And, uh, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. And obviously, there were no fall sports at all. Uh, and But now we're getting basketball back. But it's just, it's been, it's been hectic, as all UConn fans can relate. Um, yeah, canceled games, postponed games. But that, that's just the world we're living in. You know, you're, you're seeing it with hockey as well. And, yeah, I mean, sports is definitely a, a secondary thing at, at, during this time because, you know, it's, it's just been so uh, – it's such a serious, uh, you know, situation for, for so many people. So sports are kind of on the back burner. But for someone like, you know, me and for, for all sports journalists out there, it's really what's keeping us going. So – all we can do is plug along and, uh, you know, hope that we have more UConn games in the, in the near future. Yeah, ain't that the truth. So before we dive into that, uh, I figured maybe just uh, why don't you just give us a quick intro just, you know, to for those uh, of our listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work. Uh, you know, who, uh, you know, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm a senior at UConn now, uh, journalism major, uh, sports uh fanatic boston sports specifically uh i'm from saugus massachusetts just outside of boston uh yeah went, went to uconn not really knowing what i wanted to do i actually originally came in as a electrical engineering major uh did not did not enjoy that at all as a freshman and uh you know made the switch going into my sophomore year and since then just kind of threw myself into the into the sports uh, journalism world, got involved with uh, the Daily Campus, HCTV, and just basically, you know, trying to get anything I could uh, involved in in sports uh, sports journalism, and that's uh, and that's kind of the path I'm on now. Obviously, like you said, I'm the sports editor of the Daily Campus now, and uh, yeah, no, I I I'm, I love sports. That's uh, that's kind of always been my thing, but you know. Uh, I guess I finally figured out when I when I got to college, like, you know, hey, this is something I'd really like to do uh, for a career. So, yeah, I've just kind of since, since, like I said, probably April of my freshman year, I've just 
like I, I, I threw all the engineering stuff and just went full force into, uh, into journalism. And it's, it's been pretty good so far. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be, uh, what I'm able to do for a career once I graduate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, you, you certainly picked the more fun job. Uh, a bunch of my friends, uh, when I was at UConn were electrical engineering people and, uh, they never stopped complaining about it. So, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this, you know, I don't, you know, there's a lot of journalism obviously has a lot of problems these days, but you don't usually hear, uh, you know, reporters c- complaining about the actual work. It's more just the, the stuff outside of the work, but you know, either way. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, why don't we just dive right into it? So um, yeah. So the men's basketball team is uh, back practicing. Uh, they were on COVID pause for, uh, for a little while up until recently. And as it stands now, uh, UConn is scheduled to resume its season uh, against Creighton on Sunday. And that game is scheduled to start at noon on uh, Fox Sports 1. And it will be UConn's official back to the Big East, uh, you know, Big East opener. Um, you know, the game that was originally supposed to be against St. John's, which would have been a, you know, a pretty uh, appropriate, you know, kind of full circle type of, uh, you know, reunion. St. John's is, a, you know, one of UConn's oldest Big East rivals. Creighton, obviously, they've never even played before, but even still, it's a, uh, it's, we've waited long enough. It, it's going to be a, a good time. And then, you know, after that, we'll, we'll have to see how things play out. They are scheduled to be at DePaul on Wednesday, the 23rd. DePaul is currently on a, a COVID pause still. They actually haven't played a single game yet this season, but uh, that game for now is still on. Uh, they'll, and then we'll, we'll, uh, on December 30th, they are supposed to host DePaul uh, for, I guess, the second round of a home and home. And for now, that's all we got through the new year. So, Danny, what do you think? Uh, well, first of all, what, what, do you think we're even going to play this game, or, or what, what do you think uh, it's going to, what are we looking at so far? Yeah, I mean, all signs are pointing to, uh, you know, that Sunday game versus DePaul, uh, no, sorry, Sunday game against Creighton being the uh, the first game back. And I, I obviously, like you said, it's not as, uh, it's not as nostalgic. It's not as you know cool as as starting against St. John's or even against you know Georgetown or Providence, the other games that were uh, postponed. But you know, I, I think it's honestly, it, I think it'll be a great game. I mean, I think Creighton's a, a great team. Obviously, they they lost last night to to Marquette, but that's just that's just the way the Big East is. Any team can beat anyone. But yeah, Creighton's obviously a top ten team. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, I feel like it's honestly kind of a, it's appropriate because it's it's not the same Big East that UConn left in in 2013. So and Creighton's obviously one of the three new teams uh, along with uh, uh, Xavier and Butler to to join the conference since UConn left. And uh, you know it's it's a new era of the Big East. You know a lot of it is like a lot a lot of the you know narrative around it is UConn going back to the Big East, but it it, it is really a different conference. So I, I think starting against Creighton really does reflect that, and Creighton's a great team, so I, I think that'll be a good game. I, I hope it gets played, uh, but yeah, as far as the DePaul uh, games go, we don't know. DePaul, like, we think UConn's had it bad. DePaul hasn't even been able to play yet. I think they've had three three consecutive uh, COVID pauses, so we'll have to see about that, but yeah, I think that Creighton game should be great. Um, Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and just for just uh, for full disclosure, uh, UConn has had three uh, Big East postponements so far because their latest pause. So they they missed St. John's and road games at Georgetown and at Providence. The Providence game was supposed to be played on Thursday, 
but whatever. We'll we'll get to that eventually for sure. Creighton, they're having a fascinating season. Uh, they're ranked number nine in the country at the moment, and they're currently four and two on the year uh, as we record this on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and you know their two losses were you know really uh, you know good games. They lose by one to Kansas in the Big East Big Twelve battle, and that's seventy three to seventy two. Just an awesome game. And then, yeah, just, uh, the you know, on Monday night, you know, Marquette gets some uh, 89 to 84. And Marquette's looking like a real team. They're, uh, you know, Ken Palm loves them. They, they've been one of the higher-ranked Big East teams uh, all all season, even though they weren't really, you know, highly favored in, like, the, the preseason polls or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, not necessarily a bad loss. So, you know, Creighton obviously has got some good things going. DePaul, you know, it's hard to say since we literally haven't seen him yet this year. UConn needs to beat DePaul, so you'd like to hope that um, th- those games will go well. But either way, Creighton, that's like, you know, you come off a pause and that's your kind of, you know, diving straight to the deep end. It's going to be a, a tough one. Do you have any uh, any any sense, uh, you know, well, actually, first of all, have you gotten a chance to watch any of Creighton's games yet? Uh, any of the Kansas or Marquette or any of the other ones? Yeah, actually, Creighton's probably been... Um one of my favorite teams like like heading into the season because uh obviously Villanova was picked to, to win the league and Villanova is always going to be great but Creighton is kind of just a uh it, it an oddball pick for the for the second one like obviously they had a, a really good year last year so yeah I, I was really interested in them coming into the season they, they look really good uh Marcus Zagorowski is uh, he's from around here. Um, I think he played at uh, Hamilton Wenham High School. You can probably attest to that. You are correct, uh, and listeners yeah. will know that I I have uh, not only can I attest to that I saw him play at Hamilton Wenham. He's a hell of a player. <laughs> he was then, and he certainly is now. Yeah, so so like he's obviously their their top player. Uh, I think a dark horse All American uh, pick. He he hasn't actually gone off to the to the best start this season. I, I know last night he, he didn't have the, um, didn't have a, a terrific game. I know he only had like four or five points in the, in the first half, but I think, yeah, but, but he, he's great. Uh, he, he was the one who actually, he, he, he had a chance to tie the game and send it to overtime against Kansas. Uh, he got fouled on a three point shot. They were down by three, he hit the first two and he missed the third one. And that's actually why they lost. But I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a great player, a really nice kid too. I had a chance to sit in on his uh, interviews for um, Big East Media Day and ask him a couple of questions. And yeah, I mean, he, he was all for having UConn back in the Big East because uh, his his brother is Michael Carter Williams, who uh, who played at Syracuse. Obviously, UConn's you know biggest rival back in the back in the old Big East. And uh, yeah, he said he remembered going to games you know for his brother when they played at Gamble. And, uh, yeah, no, he's, a, he's a really good kid. Um, I think probably their best overall player, but they've had some, uh, they've had some really good uh, performances from, you know, the other players too, like uh, Mitch Ballack. Uh, he, he had a big game last night. He's, he's a three-point specialist. Like, I think he hit uh, eight three-pointers last night. He's their other big guy, um, really good player. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're a complete team. But like last night, the big thing that got them uh, against Marquette was free throw shooting. They they were just atrocious from the line, and that ended up really being the difference in the game. So so clearly they are beatable. Uh, but it's it's going to be a tough, uh, definitely a tough matchup for UConn, especially coming off a, a COVID pause. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was talking to uh, John Niatawa from the uh, Omaha World Herald. He uh, he covers Creighton, and he was telling me just how they're just a you know 
they've always been like a big three point shooting team and maybe not really the biggest like physical team. But looking at this box score against Marquette, it's crazy. They have, uh, you know, so Mitch Ballack, you mentioned eight for 14 from three pointers, which is just wild. Um, you know, they, uh, Mahoney, their, their dude there four for eight. So he, he gave him 21 points. Uh, Ballack had 26 and Zagorowski, he goes over seven. So he's putting them up though. And normally he makes, you know, a high clip of his points too. And, uh, yeah, just that, that's going to be a problem for UConn for sure. You can't let a team just take, you know, tee off on you from behind the arc. So, you know, Creighton's going to be fun. Um, you know, and then obviously DePaul will, it remains to be seen how that's, you know, if they're even going to play them, but you know, if they if th- those games are played, UConn needs to win. Uh, Marquette actually is uh, would be UConn's next opponent. Um, so after the new year, January fifth, uh, UConn is scheduled to play at Marquette. And it actually looks like they're going to try to get a lot of road games out of the way early because uh, Marquette will be the first, and then they right afterwards they travel uh, to Butler on uh, January 9th. Um, you know, so two of the kind of more Midwestern teams, Marquette, um, you know, so let's kind of run through Marquette real quick. They are now five and two on the year um, and they are currently ranked. I have it on Ken Palm right here. Uh, so yeah, Marquette is the uh, number 33 in Ken Palm. Um, Creighton's 15, by the way. And uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, an impressive win against Creighton the other night for sure. Have you got so what, what did you think of Marquette in that game? Yeah, I thought they looked really good, and they, they also so they have they actually have two top ten wins uh, to start the season. They beat Wisconsin uh, as well in that uh, rivalry game, uh, which was a really that was a, a really exciting finish. I, I got to watch the uh, the last few minutes of that game, and that was a, a tip in on a missed uh, free throw uh, to to give them the win at the at the buzzer, sixty seven to sixty five. Uh, Wisconsin was ranked number four at the time. I think they've since dropped out of the top ten. But that was that was a huge win. And then, obviously, the win last night over Creighton. Uh, yeah, they, they have some really, really good players. Uh, Dawson Garcia is a, is a freshman. He was actually the preseason freshman of the year in the Big East. And, you know, yeah, he, he doesn't look like a freshman out there. He's uh, he's a big guy. He he really is um, – he can stretch the floor, too. Like, he's, he's a big guy. He gets a lot of points in the paint, but – he can also hit some threes. I don't think he hit any in last night's game, but you know, still had 14 points. But D, uh, DJ Carton was their leading scorer, and uh, yeah, I mean, he he's a kind of a do everything guard, um, and yeah, he, he looked really good last night too. Uh, he he's a transfer from Ohio State, so uh, yeah, those are kind of their two two big uh, players, along with uh, Kobe uh, McCune. Um, who had 18 points last night against uh, Creighton? So yeah, I mean they, they, they seem like a, more of a not not, not necessarily a, you know pretty basketball like you know like uh, I, I heard on the broadcast last night. Creighton, if it's going to be a beauty contest, Creighton would win the game. But you know if it if it's going to come down to you know the tough points inside, uh, you know a real gritty performance, Marquette kind of thrives in that, and that's kind of how they beat Wisconsin, and that's how they beat Creighton last night. So. Yeah, Marquette is. I, I don't know where they were picked. I, I want to say they were picked somewhere in the middle of the pack for the preseason poll, but they have definitely have a chance to finish in the top four. They definitely have an impressive resume. I mean, honestly, as far as like you know, early season wins go, it's kind of hard to, you know, certainly within the Big East, they they certainly have a good a good resume so far. You know, it's like you said, there's the Creighton one, the, the Wisconsin one was awesome. It's like they, they also lost to UCLA, which is kind of tough. So that's like the only thing holding them back from basically just being a top 10 team themselves, probably. 
But with Marquette, what's fascinating is this is a team that just had Marcus Howard, you know, one of the, the leading scorers in the country. And now they come back and they've become like, whereas one before they were a one man band, now they're like a real serious like team and uh, just very evenly, you know, just an even a team without many, many weaknesses by the looks of it. Just a, you know, a good, a good all around group that has a, that can win in a lot of different ways. Uh, I cannot wait for this game. Um, it, you know, Marquette was one of the teams that coming into the year, I was like, whatever, you know, fine. It'll be fun to see him again. Now it's like, oh, okay, here we go. This is, a, this is a game I'm actually like kind of have circle on the calendar. Would you, how would how do you feel about them in that respect? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think just kind of in general, uh, like, like once when UConn, when, when the announcement came out that UConn was moving back to the big East, I don't think I got as excited as a lot of people because for me, it just, I'm thinking it's not the same Big East. You don't have Syracuse. You don't have Louisville. You don't have West Virginia. You know, like it's, it's not your 2011 Big East where 11 teams are going to make the, the, the tournament. But like once that was announced, I, I followed the Big East a lot closer last year. And there's, it's still a terrific league. And Marquette really is one of the anchors of that. Obviously, they, they, they had Marcus Howard, who uh, who graduated, but he was a fun player to watch at Marquette. And uh, I think I think that was probably the biggest question mark going into the season for them, was how are they going to replace Marcus Howard? And I think they're, they're just they're replacing him by just being a more complete team. Like 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 I said, they have uh, they have three the three players: McCune, Garcia, and Carton, who are averaging in double figures and. You know, like the last year, at least, it was really if Marcus Howard scored 30 points, they were going to win. If he didn't, they, they, they probably weren't. Whereas this year, it definitely seems like a more complete team. So, uh, you know, credit to Steve Woj- uh, Wojcowski, their uh, head coach, who's done a really good job there. Obviously, a former player at Duke. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Marquette's a really, a really fun team in this league. Just like, I mean, I, this, this league is still great. It's not your 2011 Big East, but... It's still, I think it's one of the easily one of the best conferences in college basketball. Yeah, I think so too. Certainly one of the deepest, and you know, the worst team in the conference is like a pretty good team still, whereas that was certainly not the case in the American. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's move on to Butler. Uh, Butler is interesting. Uh, you know, they haven't had it quite as bad as DePaul, but it's it's you know. Not by very much. They've only played one game. And uh, actually, if my memory serves, their one game, it was uh, against Western Michigan. And uh, basically, they almost, Western Michigan almost pushes them to overtime. And they were the game leading into UConn's season opener. So I remember basically everybody was just like, Butler, can we wrap this up, please? Like, if you guys go to overtime, we're going to have problems. Because <laughs> obviously, we didn't want that to happen. So we could just get to UConn and enjoy that. So, um, very little to go off of, uh, but by the time we see Butler, they will have in theory, uh, gotten back on the court. They're currently scheduled to play Villanova, uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday. Or so for those who listen to this, uh, that would be tonight, uh, Villanova, you know, obviously we'll get to them in a moment, but, uh, yeah. So what do you think of Butler? I don't really have very much of an opinion on him, except that their opening game wasn't all that impressive. What, what, what do you think about them? Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't get a chance to watch that um, that opening game. I'm actually just looking now that their their top scorer was uh, Aaron Thompson, who is a who's a senior, and I, I think I remember him. Um, I remember him actually being one of their uh, better players last year. 
in the in the few games when I uh, that I watched. But yeah, no, I, uh, Butler's like you said, they've had a bad, not quite as bad as DePaul. They they, they got to play their season opener, but since then they they really haven't uh, haven't had a much of a chance to do anything. So yeah, I mean it'll be. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, Butler's another one of those new teams, along with uh, like Creighton and, and Xavier, that weren't in the uh, the Big East. But uh, obviously, you know, UConn fans will remember that uh, that uh, UConn beat Butler actually in the 2011 uh, national championship. Uh, so that that there's some history there. That uh, I Butler um, was they haven't really done too much I don't think since the making it to back-to-back uh, national championship games that was when Brad Stevens was still the coach uh, but yeah I think they're, they're they're definitely a team I think they were picked more toward the bottom uh, this year in the in the conference just because I think they, they lost uh, a couple of their top players but uh, yeah I mean it, it should be interesting uh, I think Butler's a good program obviously Indiana's a great basketball state for, for college basketball so uh, yeah I'm look, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing them get back out on the court and seeing how they pair up with the rest of the conference yeah that's a Butler's a team I wouldn't mind making a road trip for just if nothing else just to see Hinkle Fieldhouse at least once uh, supposedly that place is really cool especially if you're like a fan of basketball history. Uh, as far as the team itself, I don't know. I, I don't really have a strong opinion on them, and I feel like UConn needs to win that game, and you know, hopefully, shouldn't be all that close. But we shall see. Um, so that sets us up for, I, I think, probably the big game of the year. Uh, honestly, uh, UConn Villanova at Gamble. That's uh, scheduled for January fifteenth, and uh, boy, you're talking about a measuring stick game. Here it is. Um, you know, Villanova is the consensus top team in the conference. They are. Ranked number three in Ken Palm, number uh, number seven in the country. Uh, I th- actually, hold on a second. Yeah, number seven in the country, um, and uh, just you know, frankly, just a Big East powerhouse. They, that's what they've been ever since the conference kind of realigned, and you know, it's kind of what they are now. Uh, how much of Villanova have you gotten to see so far? Yeah, so uh, I, I've watched. Um... A few of their games, actually. I, I actually saw their, their one loss against uh, Virginia Tech, which was uh, definitely shocking, but I think Virginia Tech's actually really good. So I, I, I don't think that's uh, necessarily a blemish um, as much as it is just a big win for Virginia Tech. But they, they beat uh, Boston College, uh, another former Big East team, but we won't talk about them right now. Uh, at, uh, to start the season, and uh, then Arizona State, who who was also ranked at the time, I think they might still be ranked, but uh, they were they, they were number eight, yeah they were number eighteen at that point. Um, so yeah, one of the better teams. Yeah, and they beat them, uh, you know, pretty handily by nine points. That was uh, at the two K Empire Classic. That was that was also at Mohegan, and then they yeah then they they kind of did some haywire scheduling just to to see if they could um, schedule any more games while they were in the bubble. And one of those last-minute games was actually the Virginia Tech game. I think they scheduled it maybe the day before, um, and uh, and they ended up losing in overtime to, to them. But, uh, but, you know, they're a, they're a really, really good team. And, and since, since that Virginia Tech loss, they, they blew out Hartford, which obviously we know UConn wasn't able to do, uh, you know, in, in convincing fashion like they were. They beat them 87-53. And then they, they beat Texas, who was also ranked at the time. That was probably the the 
best. Well, no, I think Creighton, uh, Kansas was probably the best matchup of the Big East, Big 12. But uh, Texas Villanova was really good too, and, and Villanova pulled that game out 68-64. And then they they, um, they had a big comeback against Georgetown in the Big East opener. Georgetown was up by like 13 points at halftime, which was shocking because. Yeah, the, the team picked last in the conference to, to begin the year, and the team picked first. And, uh, you know, Georgetown has a big lead at half, but they uh, they obviously got their, their stuff together in the second half and uh, and pulled it out. So, yeah, they, they've, been, they've been impressive this year. I mean, I think they're just – they're such a um, – they're, they're, they're such a complete team. You have uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, uh, you know, Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels. Uh, they're – they're just a really, really good team, and Jay Wright is one of the top coaches in college basketball. I, I would argue, maybe one of the best active coaches in in college basketball, like if not the best active coach. So you know, I they're, they're just they're, they're yeah they're the powerhouse of the conference right now until proven otherwise. Yeah, no, for sure. The, so they're five and one right now, and yeah, like you said, they're they've just been impressive. Uh, looking at the box for their Georgetown game. Yeah, they yeah they are they are ahead thirteen. Uh, Georgetown's ahead thirteen points at halftime. As Villanova outscores them forty three to seventeen in the second half. Just a yeah man, that's that's uh that's Villanova. You can't yeah you you can't let up on them for an instant. Um, so uh, yeah, then that leads into I think maybe one of the next most fun games, and that's uh versus Xavier. Uh, that's also a gamble that's on January twentieth, and Xavier that game they played last year was so much fun. Uh, the double overtime thriller, uh, you know, Xavier has obviously become kind of Yukon Twitter's, uh, we'll say they're fr- the, the Yukon Twitter's frenemy, <laughs> I guess. I don't know how, I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but just a, a really fun team and a really fun, uh, kind of basketball culture. Um, I think Yukon should, you know, certainly not as tough a game as Villanova will be, but yeah, do you, do you have any special thoughts on Xavier? Uh, real, real quick, they've, they're on a COVID pause at the moment, so we'll, obviously they're kind of in a holding pattern for now. Um, but they had a, a chance to play a lot of games early. Uh, they're seven and zero right now, and um, you know have looked pretty good in a lot of their games. What, what, do you, what have you thought of Xavier so far? Yeah, Xavier. I mean, they, they did a great job scheduling. You know, as many games as they could. Like, obviously, we know this year nothing. Nothing's guaranteed, so they, they, you know, they they played you know three games in three days to start the season against you know n- none of the games were against particularly high opponents. You know they played Oakland, Bradley, and Toledo, and you know actually a couple of those games were probably a lot closer than they should have been. Uh, like Toledo, they only won by three points. I think that might have been at the buzzer actually, and then they only beat Bradley by uh, by a point. But yeah, just being able to schedule all those games early because you know like like we've seen you know. Yeah, one one COVID positive case and you you're missing at least three games. So, uh, yeah, great job to that. But th- their most convincing win this year by far was against Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, um, Big Big East Big Twelve showdown. They won ninety nine seventy seven, and that was a really good game. That was Zach Fremantle really showing how good he is. Like, I, I think uh, like he he's a captain on the team as a sophomore, which I think already tells you. Uh, a lot about you know the type of player he is, but in that game, I mean, that was just incredible. I actually had a chance to watch most of that game, and he 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 literally didn't miss. I don't think he missed a shot in the first half. He ended up finishing twelve for fourteen uh, and four for six from three for twenty eight points. And he's also one of their bigger players. So like 
for him to be able to stretch the floor like that, I mean, he's an NBA caliber talent. And I, I mean, at, at this rate, I don't know if he's even going to stay at Xavier longer than this year. I mean, he, he seems like he might even be ready for the NBA after this season. So he's definitely their top player, but they also have, um, you know, Paul Scruggs is a, is a key player for them. And, and Nate Johnson uh, also all scored in 20 point figures in that Oklahoma game. So Xavier's a fun team. We, we saw that last year in the Charleston Classic. I think UConn will match up really well with them. It's going to be a battle. Travis Steele is a, is a you know fiery young coach, uh, sort of like almost Dan Hurley-esque, not, not quite as uh, intense as Dan Hurley, but he's a, he's a great coach, and I, I think Xavier is uh, definitely a program on the rise. For sure. Yeah, that Oklahoma game was something else. I mean, you put up 99 points on a Big 12 team. I mean, that's serious stuff. 19 three-pointers they hit as a team. Like, damn, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's a lot of fun, too. Uh, the winning the uh, the crosstown shootout against Cincinnati, obviously that's a huge deal in that rivalry, and you know that's certainly something that UConn and Xavier fans can see eye to eye on for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. That was that was another great game for sure. Uh, that that uh, that's a that's a really fun rivalry every year, and I think Xavier's gotten the uh, the the high end of that uh, rivalry at least in recent years. Yeah, definitely. And then in the. Uh, their opener, I think, so their opener was like the Big East opener of the year because when they uh, start the season on November 25th, you have that whole marathon of Big East games. So they were first up at noon and they like just annihilated Oakland, which was <laughs> which was just so much fun because we're like, we're just watching a random team that's not UConn that's in our conference just whoop this team's ass and like it's fun and you're enjoying it. Something that would never have ever happened in the American. But, you know, whatever. So, yeah, Xavier coming up on January 20th. That'll be fun. Uh, then we have uh, at Creighton on January 23rd. So, you know, January's got some real games, uh, you know, a whole, whole bunch in a row. Uh, then uh, Tuesday the 26th, they are home against Butler. So we, we've just talked about both of those teams. And then on Sunday the 31st, they are at St. John's. St. John's is a uh, is kind of an interesting one. They've played the most games of anyone in the conference. They've had eight games so far. They're five and three. And I, honestly, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, they are also zero and two in the conference, and um, you know they're you know, they just lose to Georgetown in overtime, ninety seven ninety four, and then before that they lose to Seton Hall, which wasn't a huge surprise. So St. John's is weird. What do, do we? What are we thinking about St. John's? Uh, not considered one of the better teams in the conference. Are are we high on them? Or are they not not looking as good as we thought? Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I I think uh, like. The, the, their big player has been uh, Julian Champagny, and he's been really, really good. Uh, I know he, he had a really good game in, uh, in I think, that Georgetown game, uh, despite the loss in, in overtime. But, uh, yeah, no, they're, um, they're, they're, I think they're, you know, they're a good team, but just the Big East has so many good teams. Like you said, the, the worst team in the Big East would be a, uh, a top five team in the American. So, uh, like it, it's tough to, you know, it's tough to gauge them, you know, like in, in comparison to all of college basketball. Yeah. St. John's is a great team. I think they're probably somewhere in the top 60 in Ken Palm, but like in the big East, I don't know if they'll be able to finish above sixth or seventh, just because I don't think they're as good as Xavier. I don't think they're as good as UConn. I don't think they're as good as Providence and obviously not as good as, um, you know, Creighton or, or Villanova. But, you know, yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean that they, they, don't, they don't have some really great players. Like I said, Julian Champagny 
he's averaging over 20 points a game this season. So he, he's kind of killing it. He's a sophomore. Um, actually had a chance to talk to him a little bit during Big East Media Day as well. He, um, he, he actually knows, you know, a few people on, on UConn's roster just from, you know, being in the Northeast, you know, basketball scene, just, you, you know, it's kind of a, almost a fraternity of, of players. So he's like, yeah, you know, I, I know James Booknight, I know uh, Tyrese Martin and stuff. So it's, it's just cool to see, you know, to have like that kind of culture back at UConn where, it, you know, they're where they belong with teams that are in their region. And I don't think any, any team, you know, fits that, you know, better than St. John. So I think it's going to be a fun game. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if UConn splits with them, you know, win one, lose one, because they are a really good team. But I, I definitely don't think that – I think they're probably going to find themselves in the back half of the conference. Yeah, I think that's the safe to say. So anyway, so moving on to February. Uh, so I should mention here that uh, the conference did a, made a re- was really smart in how they set this up, where they have two separate league-wide makeup weeks, which, uh, right. you know, will kind of everybody will be off. So, you know, all your postponed games will have a chance to get played. So, um, but the first one of those is February 7th to the 12th. But before we get to that, we do have one more good one. Seton Hall comes to Gamble Pavilion on February 6th. Uh, Seton Hall is a fascinating team. Um, Talent-wise, they look really good. Um, Sandro uh, Mamukilashvili is just fantastic. I, I've loved every time I've seen Seton Hall. I've been very impressed with him. Um, they are four and three, but their losses are all, for the most part, good ones. So they opened the season against Louisville and they lose seventy-one to seventy. And that game was that was a great game. Louisville is a good team, so. You know, no no harm there. They beat Iona and Rick Pitino in a you know relatively uh, blowout fashion, eighty six to sixty four, and then you have a, a loss to a not particularly good loss to Rhode Island, seventy six to sixty three. Uh, and I don't mean to say that Rhode Island is not a good team, but it wasn't all that close really. And then after that, they come and they lose to uh, Oregon, eighty three to seventy. Oregon was ranked number twenty one, so you know not the best start for the Pirates. Since then, though, they've done better. They've uh, pick up an overtime win against Penn State, uh, 98-92. They beat Wagner by a lot, and then they beat St. Uh, John's pretty handily. So, you know, they are they are kind of what we thought they were, which is a really talented but not like a dominant team. Um, but, God, they're fun to watch. What do you, what have you thought of uh, seeing Seton Hall so far? Yeah, I actually got a chance to watch um, the, the Oregon loss, which really just wasn't that good. At Oregon was clearly the better team. Uh you know, it was a 13-point win, but I feel like it stayed, you know, almost double digits throughout the most of the second half. So that that wasn't a particularly um, good game for, for Seton Hall. But the, the opening game against uh, Louisville was uh, was really good. I think that was kind of a similar situation where they had a chance to tie it, send it to overtime at the free throw line and, you know, miss the free throw. Uh, so that, that could have gone another way as well. But, yeah, no, I, think, um, I think Seton Hall is a good team. I, I think that'll be they'll be a fun team for uh, for UConn to play. Obviously, Dan Hurley has history there. That's where he played uh, college basketball. And yeah, same thing. You know, just a classic Big East rival. You know, Northeast. You know, New Jersey type of um, type of basketball, which is what um, what Dan Hurley's all about. So yeah, I, th- I think those teams are going to match up well. Uh, like you said, Sandro has been you know incredible. Uh, actually, I think it was the game against Oregon where he he didn't play well and that's kind of why they they didn't have a chance to win that game so i, I think that they're really going to go as far as uh as sandra um mimo 
Killish Billy. I, I, I hate to butcher his name. I've had I, to practice that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's tough, but it, it, he's a, he's a special player for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that'll be a fun game. Uh, you know, when, when UConn gets to play them. So, yeah. No, for sure. So league-wide makeup week, I think it's hopefully we'll see the St. John's, uh, Georgetown, and Providence games get made up. Well, we, we have no idea. So why don't we take this opportunity to talk about Georgetown since it seems likely they'll probably play the road game that week. And Georgetown is uh, was the consensus bottom team in the conference. They are still the bottom ranked team in Ken Palm. But honestly, they seem like they're playing okay. Like, I think they've exceeded my expectations, at least. Um, so they are 3-3 three and three right now, and this is kind of their uh, lay of the land. So open with a win at UMBC, which was, you know, a lot closer than it needed to be. And then, you know, lose to Navy, not great. Lose to West Virginia, not great. Since then, they have, uh, they beat... Um, Coppin State 80 to 48, so solid blowout. Lose to Villanova, but like they were actually reasonably competitive against Villanova. And then uh overtime win over St. John's. You know, so not bad. You know, I, I won't really say I'd expect much better from them, but like, you know, UConn obviously should beat them both games they play this year. But do you have a sense of like, I don't know, like I, I expected them to honestly honestly be kind of terrible, and it seems like they're 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 not terrible. What what do you what do you think of them so far from what you've seen? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, like I said, it's a testament of how good the Big East Conference is top to bottom. When, when the consensus, you know, worst team in the conference, quote-unquote, is able to pick up an overtime win against St. John's, who is kind of picked in the middle. I mean, it just it just shows how good this conference really is. And, uh, you know, I, I yeah, I don't expect, you know, Georgetown to be an NCAA tournament team or anything like that. But... Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think just any team can beat anyone in the Big East on, on any day. And uh, in Georgetown, you know, while they while they may be, you know, one of the, uh, you know, worst teams on paper, they're kind of rebuilding. You know, uh, this is Pat, Pat Ewing's, uh, you know, I think second year, you know, back as the coach there. And, you know, you know, kind of dealing with what Hurley dealt with when he took over. You know, it's it's a rebuilding process. But they're going to they're gonna pick up some wins. And, uh, you know... I don't think they're you know, clearly they're not going to go zero and twenty in the conference like because they already have a win. So yeah, you know, I, I they're probably going to finish toward the bottom. I probably the bottom, but I I definitely think they'll they'll put up a lot of good fights and even sneak a, a couple of wins. Uh, wins, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. So just as long as none of them are against UConn, or else that's uh that'll be tough yeah. to take. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll see how that goes. Um. So as for what's on the schedule, you have uh, at Xavier on February 13th. We talked about them, obviously. Uh, Tuesday, February 16th, UConn hosts Providence. Providence was picked as, uh, I believe, the number three team in the conference preseason poll, uh, certainly with the top four in most projections. But um, Providence, honestly, has been pretty unimpressive at times. Uh, they have, they're have they four and two, but their two losses are pretty bad losses. Uh, no, not, not in the sense that they were against bad teams, but that they just weren't competitive at all. So you have a, you know, in, in November, you have a 21 point loss to Indiana, you know, Indiana's fine, but like that should have been a better game than that. And then since then they've also lost uh, 88 to 71 to Alabama, just got absolutely blown out in the Maui Invitational. And, um, you know, not all their wins are that great either. They, at the Maui Invitational, they also only beat Davidson by one point, um, and, you know, 
I don't know. I mean, in the Big East Big Ten, 12 battle, they beat TCU by nine, but TCU wasn't any great shakes. So, you know, they're, they're a talented team. What It seems like kind of a lot of flaws. Do you, what have you thought of them? Like, do you, do you think they're you think they're any good or are they like just playing you know what you, like I don't know just this is a weird season so just teams might just have those games or those weeks or months where they're not that good for whatever reason. Yeah, I, th- I think you said it best. You know, this it's, it's a weird season. Um, you know, they obviously have like you said a couple of uh, you know non-competitive losses which you never want to see, but I, I think that they'll be very good because they have two of the better players in the conference and David Duke and, and Nate Watson, David Duke actually just won player of the week in the, in the big East this past week. Cause he scored uh, you know, 28 points. And uh, I think it was a win over was that TCU. Yeah. That was the TCU game. And he actually scored 28 points in the game before against fairly Dickinson. So, I mean, he's a, he's an electric scorer, uh, junior guard, Ed Cooley talks, uh, talked at length about him at, at media day. You know, being one of the hardest working players he's ever coached. So I think, you know, when you when you have a player like him, you know, he's he's in that same category as, you know, James Booknight, as uh, Marcus Zagorowski, as uh, Zach Fremantle, where you, where you have clearly a clear-cut best player on your team. I think it, it definitely, you know, y- you have a chance at, at competing because, like, if, if he shows up, you know, when he, when he needs to down the stretch, you have the guy who you know can take the last shot, who who can make a play for you when you need it the most. And then when you also have, you know, as a good secondary player, Nate Watson, um, their center is has been really really good too. He's averaging almost uh, 19 a game. So I, I think yeah, I think they've had a little bit of bad luck to start the season. Um, you know, obviously the game against Indiana wasn't pretty, but Indiana is a good team. Indiana pushed overtime against Florida State, who's a, who's a top 20 team in the country. So. You know, I, I don't think um, I, th- I don't think we should overreact to, to to the early season losses and you know, just wait to see how they do against the Big East because the Big East is its own uh, its own animal. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. I'll say this about Providence: they absolutely pass the eye test in terms of just their players. Like you look at Providence and the guys they have on the court, and you know your first reaction is, okay, they'll these guys are clearly like these guys are clearly Big East players, and uh, you know David Duke is fantastic. He's a absolutely lives up to the billing but you know it's it's it seems like one of those situations where the the the, the sum of the parts isn't quite greater than the whole or I, i'm butchering the expression but you all know what i mean it's a we'll have to see how how they how they come together but if they figure it out they're dangerous um so anyway yeah so that's uh, the 16th uh saturday february 20th they're at villanova you know we've talked about them at length villanova is great and then another league-wide makeup week Fair to say that some games that we've talked about will probably need to be made up here. I don't know when. I hope, I hope, hopefully that they avoid any more serious COVID trouble. But it's, it's, it's gonna happen. You just know it. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, then you wrap up the regular season home versus Marquette on February twenty seventh at Seton Hall on March third, and um, the uh, host they host Georgetown to wrap up the year on March sixth. Yeah, so that pretty much should wrap it up. So. You know, if all goes well, you know, UConn will hopefully get a, a solid 23 games in. You know, they're going to make up the 20 games. You know, they're going to play the 20 Big East games somehow. They'll, they'll figure out a way. So, you know, so Danny, like, you know, assuming that that happens, do you have any sense of, uh, I guess, what, what we should expect from UConn as far as a record goes? You know, if the, the goal, if you have, it's 23 games, do you have a, what are we looking at uh, in terms of a final record if uh, all goes well, hopefully? 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, if all goes well, I'm I'm thinking. You know, I'm thinking there's there's no reason they can't win. You know, 14, 15 games in the conference. So you know that that would be you know if they won 14, that would be a 17 and, and six final record. Which I mean, it might be a little bit you know wishful thinking because of how how good the conference is and like I said, top to bottom, you know. Georgetown or, or um, you know, even DePaul maybe could steal a win. You know, if, if that happens, then obviously you're going to be down more in the 10 to 12 win range. But, you know, I think if all goes well, if they, if everyone stays healthy, if, uh, if they play up to their potential, I, I definitely could see them finishing with uh, 13, 14, 15 wins and being in the, in the top three teams in the conference. They, they, they have that talent for sure. Yeah, I think uh, for, I think 13 and seven should be kind of like the benchmark for where, you know, if they're better than that, then it's like, oh, okay, this is looking really good. But if they're worse than that, then it's like, yeah, you know, they, they should be better than they should be. They should at least get 13 wins in the Big East. So I'm inclined. Yeah. So I'll just say, you know, 13 and seven, plus the three wins they already have that gets them to 16 and seven heading into the conference championship. Honestly, that feels pretty good. Like, you know, if they, if they finish with 13 big East wins, that should definitely at least get them top five in the conference. And, um, you know, honestly, like last year, if I don't have it in front of me exactly, but if my memory serves, I think the three teams that tied for the conference lead were all, all had five losses in conference. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't feel like any, like, I don't feel like Villanova is going to go 18 and two in conference. That, doesn't feel like that's like they're gonna you know they're gonna win a lot of games but either way like UConn if they can get to 13 or 14 or if they get to 15 then they're really in business I, I think that would be a pretty impressive feat for them so um you know I think 15 wins is, is honestly probably the the best case scenario because uh, like you said even Villanova you know I I can't see them only having one or two conference losses it's just not how it is in the Big East because the, the margin of, uh, of talent is, is just so thin between, you know, first place and sixth place. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if they go, if they go 15 and five in conference, that's pretty damn good. Like that's, that's really, really good in this conference. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, like you said, 13 is, is really the, uh, what, like the benchmark, what they should aim for. Well, I mean, hopefully they, you know, obviously you should aim to win every game, but like realistically, I think, yeah, 13 wins is, uh, is about where they should finish. Um, but yeah, anything more than that will just be really, really impressive. Yeah. So, well, hopefully all goes well. We don't have any more significant disruptions and the season goes according to plan or else the entire last hour conversation we had will ultimately be kind of pointless. But there, then again, I mean, even if the games aren't played on the dates they set out, I am pretty confident they'll find a way to at least get most of the games in and honestly especially if they're able to play like their road games on the west coast then like or the, the west coast the midwest or something you know the, the the games against the local teams like they're gonna find ways to play against providence they're gonna find ways to play against georgetown st john's those games are gonna get made up no matter what so yeah so i feel like that's a good place to leave it uh danny do you have any other last thoughts on just kind of where we find uconn as uh we hopefully head back into the start of uh big east play in this weekend yeah, I mean, I just you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna thoroughly enjoy this season if it if it plays out, you know, how we all hope. Uh, I think I think we're definitely gonna enjoy watching some great teams. We we talked at length for the last you know forty minutes about how good almost all of these teams are. So it's gonna be really exciting to 
to tune in to, you know, a noon game and, and have them watch, watch uh, UConn play a top 10 team in the country like Creighton. So, and, and another top 10 team like Villanova. So I, I think it's going to be a fun season. Just hopefully everybody stays safe. Hopefully we're able to play as many games as we can. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the, the Huskies find themselves back in March Madness where, uh, where they definitely belong. I so agree with you there. So, Danny, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you know, happy to have you and hope to have you on again. Uh, if uh, just kind of, the, you know, let people know where where can people find your work? Uh, you know, you have any social media or, you know, websites or whatever you want to plug? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I post everything I write, um, you know, on uh, on my Twitter. So, uh, you know, at dbars underscore 12, D-B-A-R-S underscore 12 on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, do obviously a lot of stuff with UConn. I also do some high school sports work uh, for Western Mass, um, for Mass Live. So, yeah, uh, you check out my work there if, if, uh, if you can. But, uh, no, yeah, thank you for having me on, Mac. Uh, hope, hope to do this again soon. Absolutely. Well, uh, for all you guys out there, thanks so much for listening, and, you know, thanks for bearing with me. We'll be back next week at the, the usual time, and uh, yeah, have some good stuff coming, hopefully. So, um, yes, yeah, so you guys all know the drill. You can follow me on Twitter at Max Cerullo, M-A-C-C-E-R-U-L-L-O. Uh, DMs are open, so hit me up anytime. Uh, you can also reach me uh, by email at yesuconpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts helps a lot. And uh, you know, you know, keep it coming. We've uh, it's been it's been going really well this uh, this podcast so far. So I really appreciate all of you guys for listening and uh, looking forward to keeping this uh, this train ride rolling for as long as UConn keeps playing. So anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, and you guys all have a good one.